In 1 Samuel 15, I'll read verse 22. But Samuel answered, What pleases the Lord more, burnt offerings and sacrifices, or obedience to his voice? It is better to obey than to sacrifice. So if you like, give all the tithe and offering you want. But as long as you're disobeying God, you're not pleasing God. You're pleasing the devil. Scripture says you can't serve two masters. Either you love the one and hate the other, or you hate the other and love the one. It is better to listen to God than to offer the fat of the sheep. And then this is a beautiful interpretation. Because many people are like, like the story of that woman that I just gave, I said she would give the tithe and then take the rest of the money and buy her daughter a dress. It's not that the daughter is cursed or anything, but some desires who start leading the daughter into doing similar things. So this is how it shows up. I think I put some of this in the book too. Samuel interpreted what it may show up as in your life. I have found some people who walk with the Lord very disobedient, very rebellious. You tell them a simple instruction, do this, and they will not listen. They will even get upset. I'm like, what is your problem? So I'm going to read the interpretation here. Disobedience is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. So whereas that mother was involved in witchcraft, her daughter would just be a very disobedient person. It's the same thing, same father, same source. And would think, no, you know what? I never went to a witch doctor ever in my life. Are you kidding me? You're disobedient. It's the same father. <laughs> Disobedience is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. You might say, oh, I didn't worship other gods. Well, Samuel said pride is as bad as the sin of worshiping idols. So when somebody is showing stubbornness, showing arrogance, being insubordinate, being presumptuous, well, there's idol worship in the bloodline. That is why I will not sit down and wait for Jesus Christ to come from heaven and remove the pride from me. No, I will take it to court and deal with it. I cannot be saved and still have this temple offering demonic sacrifices to the devil. I cannot be saved and still saying that I'm of God when I'm really pleasing the devil. So true. If I am doing that, then I am deceiving myself and saying that, oh, here are the fats from the sheep and the cattle that I'm offering to you, God. Even though I disobeyed what you said, even though I go to church every time, even though I pray all the time, I fast, you know, I speak in tongues, I cast out demons. You know, that's why Jesus said, you say, depart from me, I do not know you. Wow. So Nadia, when it says, so like my Bible says rebellion, what, what was the other word that you used? It says rebellion is as simple as witchcraft. What was the other word that you used instead of rebellion? Uh, disobedience and rebellion are the same. Yeah. That's what you said. Thank yes. You. We'll take people to court and they will start insisting being very rebellious now, be like, my God, why are you here? You can't spend the whole day preaching to them that this rebellion you're showing is the same witchcraft that your father and mother were doing. Mm. How long will you take to begin to explain all of them to them? Go through all the scriptures just to get them to repent? And um, so it's, it's interesting that you said that, that the 
whatever is what the same thing that your parents displayed. I remember having a conversation with you just like this week or last week about a situation where it's like when you find that's why it's, it's interesting to talk to either your mate or somebody and find out about their family. Yeah. And find what's in the family line and make a lot of sense now. But a lot of people take pride in it. They say it's in the family, we're stubborn, that's who we are. Yeah. Hey, Joy, they obviously don't know this verse. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It is a very common thing that we say. And if you look back at the roots, you see that they are the same. That's why it's so funny how we Christians like to categorize sin. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Because Saul can rightly say here that, well, I did not do divination. I did not go to do witchcraft. But of course, if you keep reading 1 Samuel, did Saul eventually do it? Like for real? He went and consulted someone with a, a, yeah, a familiar, yeah. He eventually did it. So that kind of, you know, people can say all they want, well, I've never done this and that. Hey, you haven't finished living your life. Thank you. Exactly. And it may not be tomorrow. It may not be two days, but you got a long life to live. Mm -hmm. And if you do it, you know, it's kind of like when, when, what was it, Paul or Peter denied, he said he would not deny Jesus. Never, I would never, never deny Mm -hmm. him. And so he says, Peter, you'll deny me when the cock crows, before the cock crows three times. And sure enough, never say never unless you just really, you know, so you can imagine if Saul actually had repented here, maybe he would have still been king. Yes. Uh-huh. Maybe he wouldn't have had to end up going to a diviner, uh, a witch later on. Maybe all of that wouldn't happen if he had just repented. Yes. So sometimes when you hear all these big leaders fall, it didn't just start. It's been there. You're like, how come this man is such a man of the word? He's so into the Lord. What happened? They were already engaging the demonic spirits. But because it was disobedience, because it was pride, they were like, oh, that's nothing. The point there and what's said here is you have rejected the Lord's command. Now he rejects you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. You know, when you stop there, you are like, okay, it's going to get good, right? He's like, I have sinned. You're like, oh, finally, he's acknowledging, he's repenting. I didn't obey the Lord's commands and your words. I was afraid of the people. And I did what they said. Isn't that a perfect case of identifying your sin and repenting? That was so perfect. And this is what I find with people. Sometimes people go to court, they repent, it's all good, but then there's a but. (laughs) You got to watch out for those buts. Exactly, those buts, you got to watch out for them. In verse 25, hear this. Now I beg you, forgive my sin. Come back with me. So I may worship the Lord. 
That is when you think that that person has been freed from the demon. You think that person is delivered, but then you still hear that voice of that spirit through the person. Why not stop at verse 24? Stay repenting. Because you're saying that you were afraid of the people. Now, why are you calling him to come worship the Lord with you? This is not a time to call Samuel to go worship with you. This is a time to fall on your face and cry out to God. To deliver you so that you do not do this again. And this is the time to get that king Agag, kill him and get all those animals and kill them. This is the result of repentance. It is not calm, so I may go worship the Lord. You are lying. Your motives are not to worship the Lord. We can say, yay, I'm free, I'm delivered, and go to church, worship holy. Praise God. Ooh, the anointing, the spirit of God falls on you. I give a huge offering. I give a huge offering, but that demon is still sitting there. <laughs> Samuel was alert. He knew it. He said, but Samuel said to Saul, I won't go back with you. You rejected the Lord's command, and now he rejects you as king of Israel. See, the emphasis is you rejected the Lord's command. Hearing that, just go grab Agag, kill him. Just go grab those sheep, kill them. That is it. Change it. Repent. Exactly. When you repent, you have to go act on it. What do you need to do? Destroy those things. If you have to go repent and make amends, go repent, make amends. Now is the time to obey. So it was so bad that in verse 27, as Samuel turned to leave, Saul grabbed his robe and tore it. This doesn't even sound normal. I know. Saul said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors who is better than you. The Lord is the eternal one of Israel. He does not lie or change his mind. He is not a human being. So he does not change his mind. Well, since his repentance wasn't genuine, he lived out a prophecy. You go tear the prophet's robe. You are literally tearing away your kingdom. So you just make things worse for yourself if your repentance is not genuine and your desire to please man or people is stronger than your desire to please the Lord. It's just downhill for you. Saul answered, look at him again. So deceptive, so manipulative. I have sinned. But please, <laughs> the bots, right? I have seen, but please, honor me in front of the elders of my people and in front of the Israelites. That spirit is still there. You literally went and built a monument for yourself. That spirit is still there. Now you want the prophet to honor you in front of the people who you Pleased instead of pleasing God. And these were the people that made you king. So whoever placed you in authority, whoever gave you what you have today, if you are a product of their desires, you will forever live to please them. 
Are you a product of God's desire or are you a product of a man's desire? Because as a product of the man's desire, you are literally pleasing Satan. But as a product of God's desire, God will establish you. I want you to, guys to know that the one that God later provided, which is David, you read that in 1 Samuel 16, literally, really, he said, I have gotten a king for myself. <laughs> now God was setting a king for himself. It wasn't the Israelites choosing a king anymore. Because Saul was a product of the desire of the Israelites. So he continued to please them. Even when it meant displeasing God, he continued to please the Israelites because they were the ones who wanted a king. But the one that God later made king, the one that Samuel is referring to here, that God has torn your kingdom, Saul, and given it to someone better than you, that one was a king that God chose himself. God chose for himself. Wow. I want to read 1 Samuel 16 about this man that God chose for himself. Verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself, myself, a king among his sons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you see, you know the story of David, even when he oh. fell. Once somebody tells him that you did this, he will just fall on his face and repent and cry to God. Yeah, yeah there was no buts with him. There was no buts with him. Yeah. You know, a That's one person I want to meet. Yeah. David. Exactly. Yeah. So that is what it means to be chosen by God. Yeah. Become a friend of God, right? Yes. And to understand that you came here for, by God's desire to bring him pleasure because he said that he wrote your name in the book of life. He said that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and called you to be uh, what your calling is. He did that. So you are now coming here to fulfill the pleasure of daddy and nothing else. Just knowing that that is your sole purpose, sets you apart. Ephesians 2.10, he said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are his workmanship. You are called to please him. Whatever God says not to do, there is no point holding on to it. Father, we just want to thank you for today's mm -hmm. teaching. Thank you, Lord, because you're opening us up to understand how much you love us, that you are freeing us and taking us into promise. And our sweetness to obey you is for our good. 
so that all the enemy attacks, all the demonic attacks on our life will be purged out of our lives so that all the legal grounds the enemy has to sit in and torment us will no longer exist anymore. So, Father, today we choose to come before you with a broken and a contrite heart because that you will not despise. Yes. We repent for holding on to things that you have said not to hold on to. We repent, Lord, for making monuments of ourselves, thinking ourselves more highly than we ought. We repent of that, Lord. And today we submit to your Lordship. We say, take our lives and make us everything. Make us this workmanship that has been prepared before time for your good works and for your purpose. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you. Go for it. Go grab your copy. Please grab your copy. Tell me about it. Tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life. Tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit. Thank you.